Last week we had an argument. Last week we argued at great length. We did. I believe that uh, we have tangentially accomplished the spirit of our arc. Our arc, our the goal of our arc is to get a pub a puzzle that we created published in the New York Times. Yes. Now we have appeared in the New York Times. What ha- what has happened is something that we put a lot of effort into. Lollapazula resulted in a puzzle in the New York Times. So I feel spiritually we've accomplished the spirit of our goal. Okay. All right. You're not going to argue? I always wanted to play baseball for the Boston Red Sox when I was a little kid. Right. And now I'm a fan of the Boston Red Sox. And they won the World Series in 2004. Right. So spiritually, I won the World Series in 2004. I, I believe so when the Dodgers won in 1988. Oh, what a horrible example. Why couldn't I have come up with an example that you would not agree with? <laughs> I was looking for an example that was ridiculous and stupid, so I made that one up. And now you think it's logical and sensible? I've been a fan of, oh the, my God. I've been a fan of the Dodgers for so long that I do feel like I'm part of the team. Well, that's because everything you wear has the Dodgers logo on it. What is this? Everything. That is a Dodgers uniform <laughs> complete with stirrup socks. By the way, Happy New Year. Yes. Rosh Hashanah was Rosh Hashanah. recently. So for all of uh, all of those of you who are Jewish, Happy New Year. All of those of you who are not Jewish, uh, Happy New Year anyway. And regardless of your right. religious persuasion, welcome to the show. Welcome to Lollapazula. Oh welcome to Fill Me In, Pazula. This is Fill Me In. It's the 72nd episode of Fill Me In. What do we have today on the show? Today on the show... Today on the show, we have Ryan not being allowed to read the table of contents. All right. That's what we have. That's number one. Yeah. Also... We have Forgotten Storylines with Matt Matera, uh-huh. and a special segment about Lollapazoola from our good friend Adam Hirsch, who certainly does not work for NPR. But what's our most important thing that we have today on the show? It's the music. It's called Jag on a Hank. I was going to go with bingo, but... Oh, bingo! Oh, we're going to play bingo. (laughs) That's what I was going... That wasn't crossed out. Oh, I'm sorry. Bingo! (laughs) Is that it? All right. Bingo! Thank you. Uh, Now I'm saying Lollapazoola. See, I don't understand what's happened. I don't understand either. We're playing bingo today. Today on the show, yeah. Hopefully you have your bingo cards. If you did not email me to get a bingo card... It is unfortunately too late. But here's what you can do if you'd like to play along anyhow, is there are plenty of places on the internet where you can find a randomly generated bingo card. Yes. And you can find one for yourself and, uh, you know, play along. And if you can convince us sometime after the fact that you should have one, uh, then, I don't know, try to convince us. Go for it. Yes, absolutely. We'll listen to your argument. Be as creative as possible. As possible. So get out your, for those who do have the official fill me in bingo cards, yes, get them is, out now. I believe they're brought to you by Thor and Pilot Pens. They are. Yeah. They are. Pilot Pens, which are not the pen of choice for this program. No. I, but, I don't use Pilot Pens. But they are the pen of choice for bingo. Okay. Now, if you if you're a seasoned bingo player, I want to make it clear that we're just looking for regular uh, regular bingo. We're looking for five numbers in a row horizontally, vertically, diagonally, and you can use your free space. We're not looking for a hardway bingo. You don't have to have a blackout. You don't have to have a T-shape. None of these things. Wow. So you know about bingo. I do. I've played bingo. I've played bingo a lot. Anyway, so we're going we're gonna to start. Oh, and if you win, uh, you need to send us a picture of you shouting out bingo. Oh, that's true. That You need to do that. Yes. Or, or some sort of graphical representation of that. Oh, <laughs> that sounds dirty. And if you have an unofficial <clears throat> card and you feel like you've won, then you also need to do that. Okay. 
Everybody needs to do that. So here we go. Picking our first ball. The first one is N38. Oh, we're going more? Well, we should do we should do a few in a row. All right, now. N38. Here we go. Number 2. F. Uh, oh, sorry. What, F. F? <laughs> what are you far, doing? I'm far away from the screen. How many Fs are in bingo? <laughs> this in the Spanish version, the F is silent. I24. I24. All right. Our third number. B3. O63. Very nice. That's a good number. It is. O63. Does anybody have bingo yet? That would be shocking. We're going to do another number. N37. N37. N37, and that's going to be uh, the end of round one of bingo calling. You're going to have to keep listening to the show to find out what happens next. Yes, and what happens next is... Viewer mail, opening it up. All right, we didn't get uh, a whole lot of viewer mail. No, we didn't, but uh, our first viewer mail is from Doug Peterson, crossword gentleman and man about town. He wrote to us about uh, Crosscans mini contest. Uh, We asked last week, who was the first person mentioned in episode number one? And Doug Peterson, I think, maybe was the only person who answered this question. He was. He was. Which he, is one more person than answered who was person number 1,000 mentioned yes, on the show. Abner Doubleday. Yeah, uh, which nobody knew. No. But Doug knew that David J. Kahn was the first person we mentioned in episode one. David J. Kahn. I guess we uh, we started with whatever puzzle that week started with, and it was a David J. Kahn puzzle. I suppose it was. I'm sure we were both mystified by most of it, and... Uh, I don't know. I haven't listened to episode one in a long time. I've listened to it recently. <clears throat> I have some phlegm. You do? <clears throat> Would you like me to continue with Doug's sorry. email? Or, or no, Doug says, uh, it was a lot of fun re-listening to episode number one. So much has changed, but fortunately most of the nonsense has carried over through all 71 episodes. Yes. I say make that 72, Doug. <laughs> what do you think? Yes. Yeah. Uh, bingo number. Bingo number. Oh, 71. Oh, 71. All right. Our next viewer mail is from Joanne Sullivan. And she titles her email Thor comic strip. Uh, the September 18th Loose Parts comic strip has a Thor theme that you might enjoy. And I figured a, a, a good idea here would be to uh, get the, the comic strip and to act it out. All right. So this is Loose Parts, September 18th, 2009. And uh, the scene is a hardware store. There, there are three people in the scene. There's, uh, there's Chuck, who's one salesman standing in the back at a counter. And there's Roger, another salesman, standing in the middle, holding a hammer. With a price tag. With a price tag on it. And then uh, with his back to the viewer, uh, talking to Roger, is Thor. The God of Thunder. Yes. Thor is wearing a long cape, some knee-high boots, a hat with horns on it. Uh, he has flowing blonde hair. Clearly... This is me. All right, so you're so going to play, play Thor, Thor, and I'm playing Roger. And you're going to play Roger. Okay. By the way, I named him Roger. He's not named Roger in the I strip. think he looks like a Roger. But he does. He looks like a Roger. All right, so if you can move your head, I will begin this. Roger, holding up the hammer, says, Well, I don't know. Hey, Chuck, does this make thunder sounds? Thank you very much. Thank you. That is Comic Strip Theater here on Fill Me In. O sixty. O sixty. The next number is O sixty. You want to move on with the viewer mail? I'll introduce it. Uh, this is from Andrea Car- Andrea Carla Michaels. Does she have a nickname? Not yet. Um, I I need to clarify something. Our bingo number generator thinks that uh, 
60 is an O. I think 60 is a G. It should be G60. B is 1 through 15. I is 16 through 30. N is 17 through... uh, Sorry, 31 through 45. G is 46 through 60. Is it? Yeah. G... I mean, I'm just going to say this right now. We have at least three, four people playing bingo today who have 60 in the G column. All right. I'd just like to clarify that I'm pretty sure it should be G60. G60. If you have an O60, that counts too. Yes. And None of you should, but it counts <laughs> If you too. do, that would probably be my fault. Uh, probably. Yes. Um, all right. So where were we? Uh, Andrea Carla Michaels. Does, Does she, she have, have a nickname? What are you doing? I thought I say it, then you do the not yet. No. Oh. Who's this viewer mail from? Not yet. <laughs> and this viewer mail is from Andrea Carla Michaels. Does she have a nickname? Not yet. This viewer mail is titled Bingo. Did you want to read this? I think it's your turn. Oh. Uh, Andrea writes to us and says, uh, Coincidentally, I just played bingo for the first time in years. I was visiting an old neighbor at a nursing home, and there were about 50 very elderly residents playing bingo. The guy at the table we were at kept winning. It seemed to defy any law of averages, but it turned out he was the only one agile enough to cover the numbers, to actually hear the numbers being called, and have full faculties to shout out anything. It was very sad. <laughs> that is sad. It is sad. I mean, not for that guy, but for everybody else, I yes. suppose. Then a woman came up to me, and she must have been only in her 90s, and was dancing around the room like someone in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. If it were not for the fact that it was real life, I would have thought she was overacting in a bad freshman play at Vassar. When she suddenly kissed me and told me she loved me, I told her I loved her too and asked if she lived there, and she said brightly, I live with my grandmother, and danced away, and I began to cry. <laughs> I hope playing bingo with you guys will be a slightly happier experience. Wow. Uh, So far, Andrea, I... I, I'm not sure if it is. I don't know. We can't tell the difference between G and O. Did Andrea go to Vassar, or did she just pick that that school at random? I don't know that it was at random. I think it was actually the the right school to pick. Do you think so? I mean, for the way she's telling that story, it does sound like a freshman play at Vassar. Do they have a bad theater program? Uh, I, I don't know. They're certainly not known for their theater program. So, no, they are not. They're, you know, because they're like they're a college that's known for being a college, but not for being a theater college. And uh-huh. so, like, I think you can pick them as being. I, I don't know. They, Didn't have they a, used they, to be an all women's college. Maybe I think so. Did they? And they became co-ed. Did they? Yes. N forty-two. N forty-two. N forty-two. Viewer mail. Closing it up. In uh, honor of the closing of the viewer mailbag, let's pick some more numbers. G fifty-six. I'll take that out. That was G56. G56. Are we doing another one? Yeah, we should do a few more. O66. O66. Does anybody have bingo yet? O66. O66. I already said that one. O66. O66. Yeah? Let's pick another one. G53. 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 Another one? Yes, why not? B... B5. All right. Does anybody win yet? Has anybody won? Does anybody think they've won? Has anybody shouted out bingo? I haven't heard it. All right. Our next segment is called Forgotten Storylines with Matt Matera. Now, Matt decided to listen to all of our shows from episode one, and he emailed us and said there are some plot lines and whatnot that have been forgotten that we haven't followed up on. And we asked him to uh, point them out to us so we could bring some closure 
to these old forgotten storylines. Yeah, last week, for example, I made and ate and photographed myself doing these things ham salad. Yes. Made ham salad, ate ham salad, photographed myself making and eating ham salad. I had the leftovers of that. Yeah, how was it? It tasted like a deconstructed ham sandwich. Yeah, that's pretty much all it is. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'd ever eat that again. I'm not sure if I would either. No. If somebody out there really loves ham salad, tell us why. Yes. Because we don't get it. I think the hard-boiled eggs might have been a good addition. Oh, we should have done that. But we didn't have any I-22. I-22. All right, our first forgotten storyline. You talked a lot about trying to pal around with Will Shorts. Now that you're like BFFs and he puts your name in the paper and everything, has he ever invited you to a barbecue at his house? And Brian, he once rejected your friend request on Facebook. Did he ever reconsider? Let's answer the... Do you want to answer the second question first? Sure, I'll answer the second part first and the first part second. All right. (laughs) The answer to the second part is yes, he reconsidered. And Will Shorts is my friend on Facebook. He is not mine. He is not Ryan's friend on Facebook. There's still a pending request for... Is there? I think that Will, I think Will Shorts has logged into Facebook twice. Yes. And I think the first time he rejected my friend request. <laughs> and I think the second time he accepted my friend request and rejected yours. He hasn't rejected it. It's pending. Well, then I think he hasn't logged in since you pended it. Uh, probably. You think maybe that's the case? Or maybe he just has a lot of people who... A lot of friend requests. And no, uh, although we have now been to his house, we have not been invited to a barbecue. G57. G57. Our next forgotten storyline. For some reason, in one episode, Brian got really excited about buying a vinyl copy of ACDC's Highway to Hell. I won't ask you if you followed through and bought it on eBay for a quarter, since I'm pretty sure I know the answer. But I will ask, Brian, do you even have a record player? Yes. You do? I do. Where? Uh, it's not in this apartment. It's in our storage unit downstairs. Really? Yeah. Um, I my, my old stereo, the stereo I had before the one that's set up you know, in my living room. Yes. Uh, was sort of one of these all-in-one kind of things, you know, where you have the double tape deck and then you oh, have the right, right, five right. CD changer and the two little miniature speakers. And up at the top, and you had it a, had a record player on the with top. With a little plastic top. That with comes a little in. plastic lid that opens up. <laughs> right. Yes, it had a record player. <laughs> and at the time, I thought this was super cool. And then, like after I'd owned it for a little while, and I realized I don't actually own any records, uh-huh. what was the value of having a record player on the top? Zero. Zero value. Zero value. But I do have a record player. And I do not use it. <laughs> Great. That is, we have now have closure. Our next N31. N31. Our next forgotten storyline is how many deckers in a sandwich did we ever resolve this? I believe we have. I believe we've talked about it many, many times over, and we have resolved it. The deckers equals breads minus one. Right. I think that's deckers. A double decker sandwich has three pieces of bread. Right. So we, we've established that a decker is the space between the breads. Right. That right? is the decker. Yeah. Like a Big Mac is a double-decker hamburger sandwich. It is. A double-decker hamburger sandwich. <laughs> that was actually the first name for the Big Mac. But it didn't play well. No. All right. So that's uh, we have closure. Yeah, we do. Thank now, you. Now, uh, I think the most interesting one, uh, I also wonder about people who were mentioned several times a while ago, but I hadn't heard of before. For a bit, you were talking about Marty C. a lot. Whatever happened to Marty C.? We have no idea no whatever clue. happened to Marty C. We we have a blog. I don't know if you know about this. We we write about the New York Times puzzle every day. Every and, day. And uh, we're we're not Rex Parker. We Just for whatever that's worth, are not. we are not Rex Parker. But we have a blog that's not as good as Rex Parker's. Uh, but if you're bored, you should come read it anyhow. And uh, <laughs> Wow, that's a great advertisement <laughs> yeah, for it. It's, uh, what did I say? 
I meant to say it's not as popular as Rex Parker's. Right. Ah, Freudian slip. Whoops. <laughs> Anyhow, um, it's when I write the blog, it's not as good as Rex All Parker. Right, can, can when we, Ryan can writes the blog... This is why these storylines get forgotten. Yeah. So Marty C. used to comment on our blog. He was like the only person that ever did. And then all of a sudden one day, he was gone. He was gone. And he commented every day. Yeah, every day. And then he just disappeared. And it was for maybe two months? Yeah, he was there pretty regularly, and then he just disappeared. He just, and we haven't heard from him since. No, we haven't. And and since then, like somebody else started commenting right around the time that Marty left. Miguel, Miguel, and so we were quite certain that Miguel ate Marty. Yes. So Miguel, if you have cannibalistic tendencies, stop eating people is wrong. Yes. And Marty C, if you are listening to the show and you just have decided not to comment, please um, comment. comment. Yeah. N forty three. N forty three. N43. Let's do a few more. Oh, we, okay. A few more then. Let's yeah, we're... See. N45. N45. Anybody have bingo yet? I think we have a winner. We have a winner? I think we have a winner. All right. I'm looking at the uh, the master spreadsheet, and it looks to me like... Who has just shouted out bingo? Well, Andrea Carla Michaels. Does she have a nickname? Not yet. Congratulations, Andrea Carla Michaels. Andrea Carla Michaels has won Fill Me In Bingo. Wow, the the, the first edition. Yeah, I, I hope this does turn out then to be happier than your bingo experience. Yes. <laughs> now somebody needs to kiss you and dance away. Yes, indeed. Uh, somebody who lives with their grandmother. Yes. Who would that be? So here's what you need to do. You need to have some sort of graphical representation of you winning bingo, send it to us, and tell us what you want to win. Yes, so get a friend of yours to take a picture of you in joy and delight holding up your card. Uh, that would be one thing. You could draw a picture. You could uh, email us some, I don't know, a picture of something. Well, I'm just making up examples. Right. They're not very good. They're good. No? They're Can good. You come up with one then. I'm having a bad day. You are. This is my worst episode ever. Here's the thing, though. Uh, for those of you who have played bingo, uh, let us know what the experience was like. What could we do to make it better, worse... Uh, we, we, <laughs> what could we do to make it worse? <laughs> probably not too much. <laughs> but but let us know. I, I, I was thinking maybe we could add some sort of wordplay into the bingo game to make it more of a game of skill than just chance. This was kind of just a trial thing. So uh, let us know. And I hope you got your money's worth. Yes. In fact, from this entire podcast, I hope you get your money's worth. <laughs> I really do. Moving on to the arc. The arc. Talking about our inner nerd puzzle. Yes, this is a puzzle that Ryan came up with the brilliant idea to hide the word nerd in other phrases. Such our as good corner f- drugstore. Yes, and our good friend, bingo winner, Andrea Carla Michaels. Uh, set us on the right path, I think. Yes, yeah, she did. She helped out by, uh, she gave you a, a number of ideas of theme entries, yes. which were terrific. And at, at one point, it looked like you and she were going to collaborate on creating this puzzle. But we have decided it would just, since our arc is to for the two of us to yeah. collaborate on it, uh, we've talked to Andrea, and she's graciously given us her blessing. Yep. And we can't. We we all we can do is thank her for her guidance. And we're actually we're, we're going to be asking her for her guidance. And and for those wondering, you know, what the hell I think I'm doing, just sort of climbing into this puzzle without any real invitation, since it was Ryan's creation and Andrea's help, I have come up with some fill. You've come for up the with puzzle. some brilliant fill, and not just generic fill, but fill that kind of you know touches on some subjects that are near and dear to Ryan's heart. You've gotten the word viewer and viewer. the word male. Oh yes, in there, viewer male. Uh, Gibson. Oh, viewer male. Oh, I get it. No, yeah, you get it see, now. look yeah. at that. I, that was just random. Yes, uh, Gibson. Yes, as Gibson. Kirk Gibson. Althea Gibson, great <laughs> tennis player from 
No? No. Okay. Uh, Mel Gibson. Elaine uh, Gibson. Uh, Who's Elaine, Elaine Gibson? Elaine uh, Bennis Elaine from Seinfeld. Bennis. Oh, yes, the uh, the role that uh, Michael Richard played, right? Uh, Elaine yes. Bennis. Just the one Michael Richard, not Michael Richards. It was Michael Richards? Yes. Oh. It was plural. Yeah, I don't know. I never watched Seinfeld. That's, it's a pretty terrible show. That's a that's a problem. Just awful. Uh, okay. It wasn't about anything. Now let me ask you this: um, <laughs> since you have two puzzles in the kitty in the New York Times, <laughs> okay, uh, do we need to wait for you to get either accepted or rejected those puzzles? Before no, we send- I think we should just assume I'm getting rejected All and right. go ahead and send in this one. All right, so we're going to keep working on it, and we're probably we're, we're not going to put it up on the blog because once you put something up on the blog, then I think it's kind of wonky getting in the New York Times. But we're we'll probably email it is it. if we consider our blog to be anything that people look at. Well, Will did say not to put Mike Nothnagel's puzzle on the blog. Yes, and we did not. We did not. So I think we should err on the side of caution, okay, and not put it on the blog. But I think we'll, we will email it to some people uh, to get some feedback. All right. And if you're one of those people, enjoy it. Enjoy it, please. That's right. All right. That is the ARC update. Uh, our next segment is about Lollapazoola. Lollapazoola 2, Son of Pazoola. It was a crossword tournament. Well, we don't need to say anything more about it, do we? No. Here, what do we need to say? Well, our good friend Adam, who you might have remembered was walking around with a microphone, uh, got some wonderful interviews with our contestants and our guests, and he's cobbled, cobbled it together in a lovely package of audio extravaganzaness. And here it is. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Hirsch. I'm speaking to you from one month in the past. It's a rainy Saturday afternoon, and I'm in Queens, New York, in the basement of a church, attending Lollapazoola 2. It is a crossword tournament, and I went there with one simple question in mind. I think this is something everybody here is going to have in common, is a eureka moment when you're, when you're solving and or when you're constructing, when something suddenly fills in. And I'm, I'm curious if you can talk about what that feels like for you. Hi, my name is Peter Gordon. I'm from Great Neck, New York. I mean, it's the feeling that we all live for, the feeling that we pay the money for, because it's such a great feeling. I mean, I was just working on a puzzle a couple days ago, and uh, I had a letter wrong in the grid and didn't realize it because there was no crossing word. You had to add a letter. And when I finally realized it, oh, what a relief it was. What, what a great feeling to finally finish off the puzzle. My name is Patrick Blindauer. I live in Astoria, New York, and I am a crossword constructor. The aha is like, um, like shattering a Fabergé egg. It's, uh, you know, you, you're breaking into something beautiful, and it, it sort of feels like you've uncovered something, um, you know, that, that Wimby was, was secret and hidden and now is suddenly available and, and open and delicious. My name is Deb Amlin. I'm a crossword puzzle writer. Well, it's terrific. I, it, it definitely, as a solver, it puts a smile on your face, and as a constructor, it also puts a smile on your face. You, you're, you're filling to make other people smile, and when you get it, it feels the same way. Hi, my name is Doug Peterson. I work in an accounting firm in Pasadena, California, and construct crosswords on the side. Sort of feels like maybe you have like a little smiley face, you know, like you see a little, like a light bulb and a smiley face, like, wow, that was, that was nice. Hey, my name is Howard Barkin. I'm from Hillsboro, New Jersey, and I'm a, I'm a software engineer. And let's see, what else? I also solve puzzles as a hobby. It's sort of a, a little bit of a little mini rush kind of thing that you get. And then everything kind of falls into place. And real life doesn't usually work like that. Shalom. My name is Amanda Yesnowitz. 
I am from New York, New York, various parts. I uh, grew up in Brooklyn, live in New York City. I am a lyricist and I'm also on full-time faculty at NYU. It feels like you've unlocked the puzzle, like you were trying to solve some mystery and that aha moment is it's now unlocked and it's yours to finish. Hi, I'm Stan Newman, Newsday's puzzle editor from Massapequa Park, New York. Here for Lollapazoola 2, my, the first crossword tournament that I've competed in in 24 years. I became a puzzle editor because of the tournaments I won in the 80s, but uh, I, I've wanted to try again now and then, but Will Schwartz will not allow me to compete in any tournaments he has anything to do with. And since Will apparently has absolutely no connection with this tournament whatsoever, I asked if I could uh, play, and uh, I said, sure, come on over. When I was making crosswords the old-fashioned way, with a pencil and graph paper and a very large eraser, no joke, I was never really sure that I'd be able to complete the puzzle until the last letter was filled in. Now with computers, it's much easier. Computers never forget words, and human beings do. And the best software really allows you to um, make quality choices and helps make a much better puzzle than the, most human beings could do on their own. I'm Will Shorts. I'm crossword editor for the New York Times. I think what brings me the most satisfaction as an editor is to write a clue that's going to give the aha to the solver. One my, a clue I wrote a couple of weeks ago that I was very proud of, uh, the answer was antecedent. And my clue was, the fool in a fool and his money are soon parted. When you read that clue, you have no idea where it's going. And uh, once you get it, it clicks into place, and uh, it's very satisfying. Hi, my name is Lee Kai Wong. I'm from Rochester, New York. If it locks in really well, and it's like a brilliant thing, then it's total appreciation for how the puzzle was designed. And that's a really cool thing. So do you feel like you've accomplished something, or like the, the constructor? It's teamwork. The, the constructor leads you there, and you get it, and it's and that's like that's what makes the puzzle great. You know, it's great to see the constructors of the puzzles here today because they get to see that moment when usually you just sort of imagine people getting that moment. So it is it is nice to actually be in the room and, and see that see that light bulb going off. I think uh, part of the appeal of puzzling is to bring order to the world. And if you're a puzzle solver, that means completing the grid or even just figuring out a clever clue. Uh, from the editor's standpoint, it's selecting a puzzle that you think is going to click with solvers and writing a clue that's going to make people say, aha. When I'm trying to think of replacement clues and I don't like what's really there and I want to come up with something difficult and tricky, I close my eyes, I try to just let my mind wander with the puzzle answer. What, when I think of this answer, what pops into my head? And once in a while, as I said, the clue fairy touches me on the shoulder. One of the favorites that I can mention is the, uh, the answer, arm rests. Sounds pretty dull, part of a chair. And what occurred to me was the arm rests in an airplane that lifts up in the middle. And using that mental image, I came up with the really mean clue for arm rests, plural. They may go up in a plane. I don't have many moments like that, but when I do, that's aha for me. Hi, my name is Mark Dixon. I'm from Wilmington, Delaware, and I work for the devil. Sometimes you go so fast you never get that moment, but when, when you have like a Sunday puzzle and get that, it, it's like a mini orgasm, you know? It's a, it's a sense of satisfaction. Like, ah, oh, that's it, yeah. Okay, now I get it, now I, okay, and then everything else just kind of falls into place. 
Hi, I'm Francis Heaney. I live in Brooklyn, and I am a professional puzzle dork. What I, I what I, I like solving for speed. I'm kind of I'm a competition junkie, but I don't I don't actually like to do it that often because it's stressful. When you're speed solving, you might see one keyword in the clue that like puts you in mind of the right word because you've already got a couple letters already, so you don't think about it anymore. Even if it's a brilliant clue, you're not taking time to think about it. You're just noticing the word kind of gives you the answer rather than the brilliant uh, trickery. I gotta say, you make it, you, you don't make it sound super fun. You, you, you make it sound like it's sort of like <laughs> the monkey on your back. Well, it's a hobby I spend too much time on. <laughs> it is a little bit of a monkey on my back, actually. My name is Mike Nothnagel. I live in Poughkeepsie, New York right now, and currently I am a math professor at the Culinary Institute of America. We teach them about units, weights, volumes, uh, recipe costing, purchasing food, kitchen ratios, all sorts of chef math. Even as I've gotten better over the years, I notice myself doing it in more of a, an, I'll say an automatic fashion. I'm writing in the letters because I know that those are the letters that go there because it's the right word. It's just sort of, my hand was going faster than my brain could go, so, and then it's that great feeling that you just speed through it. My name is Jeffrey Krasnick, also known as CrossCan. I'm from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. And uh, when I don't do spreadsheets and things, I'm an accountant. Are you, are you pleased when you see a bunch of people collected in a basement, sort of emulating something that you've been responsible for? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pleased. Maybe uh, I feel like a grandfather, you know, that I founded the American Crossword Puzzle Tournament in 1978. I've directed it every year since. And when I started, this was the only tournament. Now there must be 15 or 20 crossword tournaments around the country. Man, I'm real proud of that. I'll tell you what I like most about puzzling, though, is the people that I come in contact with. Uh, they're smart, they tend to be funny, they have flexible minds, they're well-rounded into... <laughs> so something, just, just, something good just happened. They tend to have flexible minds. Uh, there's a lot of laughing. Uh, you know, puzzle people are good people to hang out with. In New York, I'm Adam Hirsch for Be More Smarter Industries. And now back to the studio with Ryan and Brian. That was brilliant. We love Adam. Yes, Adam, you're awesome. And that segment was awesome. And was. everybody in it is awesome. It was. Now, I would love Awesomeness to, all around. Uh, uh, people should try to guess what the cheering was at the end. I think you should try to guess. What was that cheering? What was that cheering? That is our mini contest of the week. Especially what was like, the cheering? Especially like people who were not there to guess what the cheering was. There you was. go. You've certainly heard us talk enough about what Lollapazoola entailed, and I'm sure you can come up with an educated or uneducated guess. All right. So the, the mini contest for this week, what was the cheering? Yes. And now how about the maxi contest? <laughs> Why does that sound dirty? <laughs> it really does. <laughs> yes. I'm sure it has to do with maxi pads. Um, but Probably. I, I don't know why else. Last week's contest. Go ahead. All right. Well, last week's contest uh, came to us from Commissioner Peter Gordon, sextuple threat. He asked, what two famous people, if you write their names in all capital letters, have this property? The first letters of their first and last names are not left-right symmetric, but all the other letters are. As a hint, one is a football player and one is an actor. This was very difficult. It was. We only got a few totally correct answers. We got three, and we got one half right answer. We got three and a half correct answers. Yes. Uh, so the answer is Emmett Smith and Ray Liotta. Yes. Is Emmett it Liotta Smith, or Liotta? It's Liotta. 
in I, my world, it's it is? Liotta. Yes, Emmett Smith, star of Goodfellas. Yes, and Ray Liotta, uh, uh, running back for the... for the Redskins. I don't know anything about football. So we got three correct answers, and now we're going to pick the winner using our brand new pickle yodeling winner picking method. Yes. You like this, right? No, this is this is officially my least favorite part Again, of the entire podcast. We'll be giving history. away this yodeling pickle at Lollapazoola three. Yeah. And our winner is Andrew Feist. Andrew Feist, a first time winner, a new winner. I, I first time contactor to the yeah, podcast. Did, did he play, did he play bingo too? Did he get a bingo card? It's uh, possible. You don't remember? I don't remember. There were so many people who wanted to play bingo. It's tough to remember. It is very exactly very tough. who did. Uh, but, uh, yeah, anyhow, we're going to move on to this week's oh, well, contest. Well, well, Andrew, congratulations. Oh, Andrew. Absolutely. Uh, Sorry. Please let us know what you want as a prize, and we will send it to you toot sweet. Indeed. This week's contest also comes to us from Commissioner Peter Gordon. Yes, and we decided to go with an easier contest this week. This I one, think it's easier. I think this one is easier, too, and it, it's making me hungry. What common lunch order, enumeration 1235, contains an A- B, C, D, E, F, G, H, and I, and some other letters. Enumeration 12, 3, and 5. That means it's three words. The first word is 12 letters. second word is three letters. The third word is five letters. Contains the letters A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, and I, and some other letters. And it's a common lunch order. It is. The, the letters do not appear in that order. No, 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 no. Because I think people might ask, do they happen alphabetically? They, they do, do not, not happen alphabetically. It just contains that. It, can, it just happens to contain the first, what is that, nine letters of the alphabet. Of the English alphabet. The English American alphabet. Yes. Well. We got a request for the horizon. I think you need to do it. Look, on the horizon. Yes. There it is. There it is. He's okay. in a hardware store. He is. He's asking for a sale on thumbtacks. <laughs> A most unusual and exacting test for your equipment is this next arrangement. It is the only recording ever produced that is performed by 21 trombones. Monday, September 14th. Oh, the, oh and this what? is the special half-century Puzzle Maker Week edition. All people who have been hearing thunder for 50 years or more. Yes. Welcome. Monday, September 14th by Bernice Gordon. Oliver Stone movies. Do you like them or do you not? I have liked some of them, and I That's dislike more of them. I, They're all confusing. They are very confusing. JFK was confusing. Yes, they're all confusing because he comes up with some cockamamie scheme that isn't actually the history that we all think we're going to see the movie about. Right. And then that becomes the focus of the movie, and then the next thing you know, you don't believe history anymore. Tuesday, September 15th, by Fran and Lou Sabin. Things with wings. Things with wings. I saw The Mist the other day. You, I don't even know oh what this movie God, is. Oh my God, this Stephen King crap that has these gargantuan spiders and mosquitoes. These mosquitoes are no joke. They're supposed to be like four feet tall. Really? Yeah, they're huge and purplish gray and they come out of the mist. Uh, Wednesday, September 16th by Mara B. Jacobson. Two for the seesaw. It's what, what, So what was it? 23 for the swing... It's 20, 23 children and 21 swings, and... It was very odd. <laughs> it was something it was, like that. Have you ever been on a seesaw? Uh, I have, and you, I was nauseous on yeah, it. Yeah, did, it, did this ever happen to you, for example, at summer camp when you were seven? Did you get on the seesaw with somebody? Uh-huh. And then the other person, when it's down and it's at their end, they leap off oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Did that ever happen That's to you? Awful. So you go from being up to <laughs> slamming down on the ground? Yes. Yeah. That happened to you a lot? Oh, God, no. Never. <laughs> 
Thursday, September 17th by Arthur Schulman. Ice Moaz Okas Eri Ara Airs. What is that? Those are apparently all words. According to whom? According to the dictionary. To Roger. Roger didn't write the dictionary. To Webster. Noah Webster. And how about Merriam? Merriam Webster? Aunt Merriam. <laughs> Aunt Merriam Webster. <laughs> was she related to Noah? I think maybe she was his uh, niece. Friday, September 18th by Charles E. Gersh. This had intentional walk, and I believe it was clued incorrectly. I think it was, too. I wouldn't call it a ploy, and I certainly wouldn't call it a pitcher's ploy. Because ploy, to me, means it's, 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 I'm not trying to make a pun here, but it means underhanded, to me. I think it and does. it's pretty it, obvious. I think, a, yeah, a ploy seems like it's a scheme, and also like you have some ulterior motive. I think you intentionally walk somebody because you're stuck in a spot. It's not an ulterior motive. It's not because you have a grand scheme that's better. It's because you're in trouble. Yeah. And this is like Albert Pujols is at the plate. I think it's pretty intentional. Oh, I don't think it's a ploy at all. And, and I, it's also, it's the manager's it's choice. It's the manager's not choice. Not the pitcher's choice. Yes. Can you imagine if the pitcher just decided to do it, the manager <laughs> comes streaming out onto the field, what are you doing? You're... That's my which, manager which voice. Which manager was that? <laughs> that was Tom Kelly, former manager of the Minnesota <laughs> Twins. Saturday, September 19th, by Mel Taub. Puns and anagrams. You just gave up. I was not interested in this puzzle. I, I will be blunt and honest. First of all, it was small. It was only a 13 by 13. Second of all, I didn't want to do it. I thought it was fun. Good. I've done the puns and anagrams puzzles before. I don't usually do puns and anagrams puzzles. I don't. They're not fun for me. I thought it was fun, but it was also... I thought it was on the easy side for a Saturday. Was it? Yeah. Sunday, September 20th, by Michael Ashley, Closing Bell. You ding. Had, you had the ding at the ding. end. You had the ding at... Ding. <laughs> you had the ding. <laughs> the ding at the... What, could we do Closing Buzzer? What uh, would that be? A Closing Buzzer? You could add Z, four Zs to the end of every theme answer. Sure. All these puzzles were edited by Will Shorts. <laughs> yeah, this like works. That? Does, does that not work? I don't know. Well, maybe. I mean, are there enough words that have maybe two Z's at the end, like jazz? Yeah, so why don't you come up with a theme entry that ends with J-A, and then add the two Z's and turn it into jazz? Electro Jablons? No, that, yeah, doesn't, that doesn't quite do it. That doesn't quite do it. No. Uh, what else would work? <laughs> <laughs> How many more ideas do I have that are unsuccessful?